I am Bamps, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen, misunderstood, emo, Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. And hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. A little bit of bookkeeping, since we're skipping over a day of basically education for Coco. For one, Missy, Calvin was able to find your mom. Did you go see her? Is him telling you that he has her enough? Yes, it is enough that he found her as long as he has her not on the street anymore and somewhere with walls and a roof. No, she would not go and see her. As far as Missy's mom knows, Missy ran away and is gone. Well, just because you see her doesn't mean she sees you. If Calvin says it's done, she'll believe, but Calvin still has to do something to make amends. Yeah, it's unfortunate that something is going to be very difficult to do. Yeah. Second bookkeeping question. Was Missy part of the education conversation that I imagine Art and Jimmy were for Coco to prepare her for this evening? Missy was there just to observe and listen because this is a good refresher for her as well because she probably didn't listen the last time they told her. That's fair. One of the things Art mentioned that he made sure to stress to Coco was to not eat from another vampire, to not slake your thirst from another kindred. That is correct. Coco, did you mention that Jimmy offered you a little nibble? Well, yeah, because he told me that's how you learn. So I already did that. You what? Yeah. She wanted to learn how to eat properly, so I'd let her eat from me. Just a quick snack to know when to stop. Squinty eyes at Jimmy. Squinty eyes at Jimmy. What's with the squinty eyes, you guys? That's not how you learn to eat. Yes, you never do that again. Okay, why, though? Like, it, it's fine. Like, you, Jimmy's cool. That is stealing question. Debatable. Yes, thank you. Uh, you see, this is a, a very important part of, of empire culture. Wait, 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 wait. Maybe Jimmy should explain why it shouldn't be done. But we already know Jimmy is not going to do this correctly. Well, well we'll know if he doesn't do it correctly, which will just make for more squinty eyes. Mischief, you 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 have a good point. Go ahead, Jimbo. <sighs> so the reason they're saying you're not supposed to feed on other kindred is because when you feed on another kindred, uh, you finally learn how great that kindred is. No. Wasn't the blood I gave you delicious? Oh my god. <sighs> Jimbo. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was. It was really good. And, like, you are cool. 
right? And you, you needed the practice for when you needed to feed in a less controlled circumstance, right? I mean, I guess because, you know, it wasn't like really easy to just, you know, stop. And I appreciate you teaching me like that not to kill everybody. Right. And last time you fed on someone was your, your old friend. So you didn't want that to happen again. Otherwise we'd have to pull in art to clean up a body. Yeah, it was definitely a bloodbath. So I don't have to do that again. So now I know, right? Exactly. No, you really don't. So I guess, Jimbo, since you didn't do it, well, now let Art explain. Coco, I know you like to have secrets. We all like to have secrets. The blood in our veins is our secret. The things that only you can do as Gangrel, the things that only I can do as Nosferatu, these are secrets hidden in our blood. It is addicting for us to drink from another kindred, which is why we do not do it. It creates a bond, a bond of blood. You would call it a blood bond, in fact. It links you. It is like magic spell. You are enamored with this person. They are the best person ever. They can do no wrong. You will do anything they will ask you to. That is what is starting when you drink from Jimmy. And that is why we do not drink from the vein of a fellow kindred. Not unless it is very controlled circumstance. Which it was. Am I like... Am I okay? Or Because, I mean, I, I'm obviously not going to do anything that Jimmy tells me to do. Like, he could say jump, and I would be like, no. So, but like, I mean, I feel fine. We're just friends. Yeah, right now. But if you do it again and again, that'll change. And you'll just live to do things for Jimbo. Uh, you see that it is terrifying. I am creature of darkness. I am terrified of this. <laughs> Okay, but like just just once is okay. Like we're okay. I just won't do it again. No more. No, no more. With anyone of our kind. None of us. I mean, unless that's your choice. But at least, at least go into it knowing all the details, right, Jimbo? So you can make an informed, consenting decision, right, Jimbo? Instead of being tricked into it by. Some unsavory kindred, right, Jimbo? Well, I mean, I didn't trick her into anything. She wanted to learn how to eat properly. Uh huh. I will make note. Oh, he's making a note, Jimbo. That's permanent. Well, I mean, we have a chalkboard here to teach uh, Coco, right? I mean, he's making the note. Don't feed off of other kindred. There is a chalkboard, and he is writing that right now. He underlines it three times. So when you underline something three times, is that what they mean in triplicate? One more thing of bookkeeping. Art, Cheshire was not around when you guys got back. Uh Uh-huh. Did you do anything with that information? 
there are many things I could do with that information. How much time would I have to track him down? You most likely could not track him down that evening, but you could see, checking your cameras, you could see Jimmy going into Missy's Haven, and then he and Cheshire coming out, and then the four of you going for a walk, and you will recall that you did not see Cheshire with you. You will make second note. And depending on time frame between this and going to Elysium, I will record podcast episode about the dangers of smiling kits in the shadows. Noted. There's actually a really interesting way you can dress that up. There is... There are yokai in Japan. They are evil spirits that all have different goofy ways to deal with them. Like animal spirits, where if you notice them following you down the road and either run or keep walking, really do anything but stepping to the side and letting them pass, they'll kill you. Which makes for an interesting way to talk about a smiling cat that will follow people and kill them if they don't get out of the way. Oh, I like this. I would like to record the Yokai episode about Smiling Kit. I will also record about Hound of the Mortis, the silver wolf that chases people in the mists of the evenings. I will make notes. I will try to record this later. And with that, is there any other bookkeeping things that you guys want to do before... We move to arriving at Elysium. No, I suspect I'll be yelling at Abishai at Elysium. What's the dress code for this? Nothing official. However, this is on Halloween. Therefore, so you could come pretty much as anything tonight. And outside of that, it depends. You can go... Like, Bruja will show up in their leather jackets and looking all tough. Gangrel will show up in whatever they want. And, uh, of course, Toreador and Ventru and, you know, the fancy people will come dressed to the nines to show off. So it's more or less whatever you want. I mean, it would have been great if Cheshire was still here. Because there's five of us. We could have gone as the Breakfast Club. I think that suggestion proves that you are out to lunch. All right, so basically what I'm hearing is my hoodie, my jeans, and my boots are fine. Cool. That's all. I mean, they already kind of hate you at big official events, so... And why try to impress? Exactly. Exactly. Our camera transitions to, I assume, Ricky's car. Are you all traveling together? Are you arriving separately? What time would you guys like to arrive? Is there any last-minute things that you want to do? Well, Jimmy wants to drive. What does Jimmy drive again? Ricky's car. Really? You don't... That is also incorrect. Oh, no? Yes. That's not on blocks anymore. He does have an 85 uh, Camaro IROC Z, but it doesn't exactly start. Perfect. That's kind of what I was looking for. <laughs> 
But is Ricky's car not there? Art has taken it for detailing. Oh. Because there was a damage to front end that had to be fixed, if everybody remembers correctly. Coco might not. She was unconscious at the time and in the trunk. That's true. Cool. So how are you guys going to get there? You going to have Calvin pick you up? You going to take some public transportation? You going to rent a limo? Oh my god, limo, please, limo! Can I please have the limo? You know what? We will rent a limousine. I am going dressed as Missy this time. Same hoodie and jeans and boots. And both of us getting out of stretch limousine will be entertaining for me. Yay! I'm so excited. So, I'm going to have like this really long, pretty, like blue dress that kind of complements my eyes. Well, one of them. Is is accessories going to accent the other eye? Is that how this works? I mean, yeah, I have lots of silver sparkle and bling, you know, because we went shopping. <laughs> yes, I, I do know this, yes. I am glad everything worked out well for you at the shopping place. Well, limousine will be here soon. Yeah, everybody can get ready. Jimmy, what did you dress up? Jimmy is dressing up as David Bowie's character from Labyrinth. Those pants, though. Yes. I mean, I guess it's a good thing your blood doesn't flow. <laughs> the limo arrives. It looks very out of place at the mall. And the four of you pile in. The limo driver already knows where he's going because that's part of the, you know, registering the limo. Are you guys paying for it to sit around and wait for you? Or are you going to figure out some other way back? I believe they have the resources to rent it for the evening, and so that is what they shall do. Look at you splurging for everybody. I am splurging for two people. Uh, you and Coco? Coco and Missy. Aww. You are driven into the center of the city, into the large corporate tower, and that is where you pull up. The limo goes into the adjoining parking garage, and you guys can see all kinds of very fancy cars, and there's a couple of motorcycles that are over there, and a couple of more normal people vehicles. There are people out and walking around, and you guys know that some of them are kindred as the four of you exit your vehicle or last moment conversations as your limo driver puts it in the park and turns the engine off. Now remember, everything that is said here is a trap that will kill you. Every action that has undertaken is a trap that will kill you. If you are not perfectly deferential to the prince, it is a trap that will kill you. I want you to be on best behavior, Coco, okay? Yes, best behavior, and don't ask why the prince isn't a princess again. Right? Right. Covered. Okay. Good. Let us survive another evening, eh? Art's going to get out of the car. Got to hold that door open for everybody else. Except Jimmy. And so you walk. And you are walking past and with and around other people. Missy, you will get those brief glimpses from the other kindred that you are passing. 
that look at you, see that you're there, and then they turn away and more or less shun you. Yeah, this is where we find a dark corner and just go post up against a wall. Coco, you will notice that you are also getting a number of very inquisitive looks. Probably because they like my dress. If that is what you wish to believe. There is a pitter-patter of knee-length boots with risers on them that come up next to Missy, and you get a little bit of an elbow as Raven steps up next to you, having caught up with you guys in your little walk-in. She's wearing a very nice, like, knee-length black dress that comes to where her knee-length boots come up to. They are obviously in more of a punk style, and she is wearing a leather jacket over the top of it with her hair just up in a ponytail with some little bangs. And, of course, she has her fangs out. Just gives you a hey. Do a nod. Just a a nod. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, fuck those guys. Hmm. She'll look past you to Art, Jimmy, and then finally Coco. Is your dress long enough to cover your, I assume by now, bedazzled ankle bracelet? Yes, because it's kind of embarrassing. Like, even though it's sparkly now and, like, decent to look at, like, so embarrassing. So she looks at you. She pulls her phone real quick and checks it, and then... Seemingly satisfied with whatever she checks, she puts it back in her bag. And then tries to engage Missy in small conversation. Just run-of-the-mill, you know, it's new and exciting. There's a party over the next weekend that she's looking to go to and is inviting you to go. Oh, yeah. We'll go to a party. need to get away from these people. Yeah, I can't blame you. Right. You guys will enter from the parking garage into the building. There's a elevator right there that several other kindred are waiting to take down to the gathering area. The It's not a lobby, obviously, because it's not where you meet up, but it is the elevator that goes down and will be where the main Elysium activities are being held. Rather than upstairs in one of the lounges, this is a more official and serious thing. So it gets the more secure areas. You guys are let into the elevator eventually, and you all go down. Raven travels with you. Nobody else gets in the elevator with you guys. Oh, this bodes well. Nah, just because we have our new friend around. It's fine. Wait, why to paranoia? We're with Raven. Everything's fine. Nothing's going to... Go wrong. Sure, but it's faux pas to have a a new one around that wasn't officially allowed. So they don't want to be associated with that. Then I guess you shouldn't have taken in the stray. I can hear you. Well, it was Art who brought her in first, but we are taking care of her until the prince decides what to do. Well, you, Coco, we're taking care of you. Thank you, Jimmy. Hurt rolls his eyes. Mm -hmm. Raven is looking into the 
mirrored side of the elevator, consciously trying to avoid being involved in the conversation, but also rolls her eyes. It will be high five later. And with a ding, the doors open and you are greeted by music. It's more classical or refined than something that is for the younger ears. Inside, you can see some lights all set up. There are those jack-o'-lantern Christmas lights that are in places. There are people in costume. There are people out of costume. There are people that look like they could be in costume but aren't in costume. Similar to some of the Nosferatu. You guys exit and almost everybody from Kindred Society in Springfield is here. Almost everyone. Yeah, some people haven't arrived quite yet. You were, there were some people that were still upstairs. And it's a little early on the early side. Probably best to handle official business and important business earlier in the evening. Don't want to keep the prince waiting after all. Of course not. That would be rude. Would be rude. Raven turns to Missy like, hey, let's go get something to eat. And like grabs at your hand to, to pull you off into trouble. Wave to the others and follow. Art gives Missy the Jimmy like finger guns and like the half wink with like Jimmy would know the protocol. But if Jimmy wants to mention to someone that he's wanting to meet with the prince, would he tell someone or because he knows that the prince is going to call on him? Just wait. You could find somebody. There are the hounds and the sheriff is around. There are a couple of ghouls that you know would be able to get a message ahead. If you wanted to let the prince know that you had arrived and at her earlier convenience, that is very easy for you to do. Yeah, all right. So I'll just mention to one of the ghouls then that the prince might want to know about the new kindred has arrived and the person taking care of her is here as well. If the prince wishes to deal with that situation. Makes a great assumption that the prince doesn't already know. Well, of course, the prince already knows. I'm just making it aware that I'm aware. So I'm not trying to hide. I mean, how how can I hide in this? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, how indeed can you hide? I... As you begin to mingle into the crowd, to Art, Missy, and Jimmy, it is normal, but for Coco's benefit and for the descriptional benefit of everyone, there is blood everywhere. You can smell it. There is waiters walking around with platters that have goblets on them, wine flutes, most fancier vessels for containing of liquid. You will also notice that many of the people that are walking around have name tags on. In addition to their name, it lists several vital statistics. It has things like their blood type. It has things like whether or not they drink a lot of coffee, if they smoke, if they do drugs, what their preferred drug if is. Details like that that may help you to choose your vintage if you were interested in taking a sip. You will see... People are feeding, not openly on the dance floor, but there are little seating areas that people are having conversation in, and you will see people feeding openly in those 
little booths. There's a dance floor. People are dancing. Raven takes Missy over to what would more or less be a punch bowl table, like you might find at a dance. Only instead, there are people that have blood in carafes that have details on them, as though they were bottles of wine. There is also wine and food around. You will notice things like orange juice or Gatorade is offered to the mortals that have been fed on in order to help them recover from the experience. Coco, you will also notice some drugs being done. There are people just doing them right there in those booths. And then usually a minute or so afterwards of the mortal doing the drug, you will notice somebody bite right into them and feed off of them. Is there anything the three of you would like to do or that Missy would like to do? I hate this place already. Uh, Coco, if you are going to drink anything, take it straight from Van. You see there are selections all over of people. If there is something you have particular taste for, this is where to find it. Do not drink too deeply. We still have much business to do this evening. Missy, I'll look at Raven and say, this is okay to, to drink? She's getting a glass of some AB negative. Oh, yeah. Pour me one, and I'm going to remove all my hunger. Uh, down to one. Jimmy, you may also indulge, if you wish, to reduce your hunger to one. Uh, I don't know if any of these people were fans of mine. Just the thought of drinking blood of someone who isn't, like, know who I am. It's just disgusting. That's fair. Is there anything you would like to do, or would you like to just pass some time? Jimmy wants to mingle with people and bring Coco around. Just kind of showing her off and introducing her? Showing her off, introducing her, letting them know that the prince hasn't decided that what to do with Coco yet. However, it might be that she's going to be under my care. That's kind of what we're thinking. We don't know, though, because she is illegal. Are, are you going with him on this introduction parade? No, because then I will kill him. Coco, how do you feel about being introduced to these people? Keeping in mind that you can feel that feeling you've had interacting with these people where it's, you know, that there is a, a predator or a monster in most of the people that Jimmy is actively talking to, as I imagine he avoids talking to any of the mortals. I'm definitely... I've been going through a lot these last couple fucking days, but, you know, I'm, I'm at a party, so I'm in my element, so instantly that just kind of makes me more calm. I can't tell you how many times my dad and my stepmom have, like, walked me around to little, like, people that I'm supposed to be, like, scared of, and they are. They're scary, intimidating people and stuff, just like these people, but, you know, I just notice smile and nod my head, and I mean, I'll get through it. Just answer the questions politely. Just fluff, right? And I'll, I am with Jimmy, and like, Jimmy's cool. So, we'll be okay. He's my friend. 
Jimmy also, when not with other kindred, will mention to Coco that um, we should hold off on feeding on anyone until we've spoken with the prince. Because just to make things... I don't know if the prince might see it as stealing, if you're just going to be not on life anymore. No, I get it. I, I do. And like, I'm not, I'm still not really hungry anyway. It's, it smells good. Um, but I'm kind of, kind of concerned just because of like what happened with you and me, you know, like I don't want to take it too far. You know, I'd rather practice a little bit more. Okay. That's, that's fine. I mean, if you're here, you know, you could practice next to me on a mortal. Because you are going to eventually have to feed off of mortals. So if I'm here and I can watch to make sure nothing bad happens. But again, if you're not ready, I understand. No, I don't want to get um, blood on my dress before I go see the princess. Uh, prince. Prince. <laughs> It'd also be best if it's after we meet the prince, if you did feed. Yeah, okay. All right, good idea. Heart. As you are walking around, being the Nosferatu that you are, you will see an interesting sight. You'll see Donovan, Donnie, Jimmy's possible arch nemesis, having a conversation with the sheriff. I will want to get closer to this. Are you trying to do it nonchalantly? Are you trying to blend in with the crowd? Are you openly walking up to them? I am dressed like Missy. Everybody ignores her. I will hide in plain sight. I am being nonchalant. It takes you a moment to find a position where you can listen into the conversation and the music and the rest of everything else that's going on doesn't interfere as much. But you find a spot and craning your pointy ears to give it your full attention. Donovan is bringing up the fact that in your territory, in your domain, a few nights ago, one of his men was killed and had all of his products stolen. And thinks that, at the very least, Jimmy and Walter, and by association, you guys should owe him something for that. The sheriff is taking this in and listening, but he's not making anything committal about it. Well... If it becomes an issue, I will nominate Jimmy to give something up to Donovan to make everything right. Did you guys sell all of those drugs that you got that night? Yeah, I handed them off to Mischief. Mischief did what Mischief does. We sold some, but I don't know if we sold all. And Missy, while you and Raven are having your drinks and talking, Elizabeth, the Hound will come up beside you guys and get a drink. She is a gangrel, so she is dressed not dissimilar to you. Little Army-Navy surplus. But she is wearing large sunglasses. And as she is standing to the side of you, you can look and you can see that her eyes are large and golden. Is that normal for gangrels? How much do you know about Gangrel? She knows enough not to offer milk bone. That's true. 
as much as she really wants to. <laughs> as I say, I probably know whatever Art's told me, so. This would be something you would probably realize because you had an interaction with a similar event a couple of nights ago. When Gangrel frenzy and lose control to the beast inside them, they pick up an animalistic feature for a night or two, depending upon how bad it is. Uh, and from the looks of things, her eyes are not normal human eyes. And she is wearing sunglasses to cover them or get some other benefit out of them. I think I might maneuver so Raven's in between this person and, and Missy. Sure, you just get out of her way a little bit and get up behind her. Hey, I'm trying to keep a low profile. I'm already, you know, not well liked, so I may as well just, you know, steer clear as much as I can. Elizabeth will turn, see that Raven is there, and you. She'll give you a slight acknowledgement, a little nod, a little hey. She was friendly with you at Carol's party, so she's not as bad as the rest of these assholes. Mm-hmm. No, I'll I'll do a polite nod back. Yeah. She holds up her glass, which is just a, a simple, just like beer glass. So uh, let's hope that this doesn't turn into the last party we were at, right? Uh, I mean, be kind of foolish to start something here. Who would be that dumb? Looking over across the room at Jimmy. Raven and then Elizabeth follow your eyes, and they both look at Jimmy. She leans against the table for a moment. Although I heard somebody found him, though. Yeah? Where, where'd you hear that? She flashes you a little smile. This perk of the job. Hmm. Well, I don't enjoy perks like that. I don't really hear much. I only get the news that Art tells me. She gives you a shrug, and then back to work, and she heads off. Have fun. As she walks away, she waves her glass in your general direction. Raven raises an eyebrow at you, but doesn't say anything. Yeah. Shrug. Shrug it off. Not going to say anything to her. Yeah, we're just going to let the sleeping dog lie. Speaking of the sleeping dog and Jimmy, some time goes on as you are walking around. Do you introduce her to the sheriff who is here and is around? Jimmy doesn't want to, but probably should wait until after talking to the prince. As you're making circles, Carol will come up behind you and lightly place her hand upon your opposite shoulder and give you a big smile and say, Jimmy... Carol, I was wondering when you'd be here. Oh, I've been here for quite a while. It's just busy, 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 you know. Sorry, I was wondering when you'd join the rest of us plebs. Well, apparently right now. Well, I know you've met her before, but here is Coco, who's recently joined us as a kindred. So I have heard, and she will look right at you. And I will just give her the biggest smile. Hi, it's just so nice to see you again. She holds a little half smile. 
Yes, we will see. Jimmy, I uh, I do believe, and she waves, and a person will come over. He is wearing a butler's outfit, and you would recognize as one of the ghouls that operates, works here. He does not have a name tag, so he is not to be fed on. But he comes up, and he doesn't meet Coco's eyes. He's just downcast and speaks very softly, saying, I'm here to guide the miss to her meeting. Is it just her, or can I tag along? It will be just her. I am sorry. No, I understand. And kind of motions for Coco to follow. Thanks. It'll it'll be okay. I'll see you on the other side. Interesting choice of words, but I know what you meant. And he leads you off. Back towards a set of doors. <sighs> Jimmy actually exhales, even though he doesn't have to. And uh, says to Carol, I'm actually, uh, I actually enjoyed her company. I hope she does come through. We will see. But I believe we have uh, a little meeting of our own to attend to, don't we, tonight? She gives you a big smile, resting one arm on your bicep and just giving you a little rub. That does sound delightful, yes. And she will slip her arm under yours and begin to walk you off towards one of the side areas. Some of our a little bit more private. Art, where are you standing when you get interrupted? What are you doing? Art is trying to get out of his own head. He's come in here. He's already in a bad mood because of the growing blood bond. That is the last thing that he wants to see. And he's just been getting kind of angrier and angrier. And even though he's Nosferatu and he should be paying attention to his surroundings, he is not. He finishes eavesdropping on the conversation that Donovan is having with the sheriff. And he's trying to keep away from the feeding area because it's starting to turn his stomach. And as you are standing there, lost in your own head, you have lost sight of the sheriff. He has gone off somewhere. Donovan is hanging around for a moment, but then he also disappears into the crowd, looking for somebody else to harass, or maybe it's the bother, Jimmy. Who knows? A mortal comes up to you with a small silver tray that has a lid on it, like a, as though it was serving something. And he will say, Mr. Sobchak? What do you want? He will take off the lid and push forward to you a like a business card. that A little note that is folded in half. Art will take a deep breath. Exhale. He will nod once, thank you. And he will take the note. Opening up, it says that it is Abishai would like a meeting, and it gives a room number. Art will look back at Mortal. Will you take me to the room, please? Are you all of your party that will be joining? Yes. Coco, you are led through the group of people out to the side along the wall 
and then to a door. The door is open for you by this gentleman who has not looked you in the eye and has been very quiet. He takes you through the door into a back hallway, down the hallway to an elevator, up the elevator. It's a, like a service elevator to a different floor. Down a short hallway there and stands in front of a nice door. It has a lot of artisanal work to it, but it's at the same time much more functional. Like where instead of a like wood carved door, this is made out of metal, steel, titanium reinforced, who knows. He stops there and puts his hand on the knob and says, I'll be waiting here if you make it out. And he opens the door for you. Caught off guard with that. Um, uh, thank you. And just does a shake to try and push my nerves out through the bottom of my feet. Stepping into the room, it is a large office. There are shelves along the one wall. There is a large map of the city over the other wall. And then there is some minor art pieces in here, a plant or two, and three people. One of which, if Jimmy pointed out to you from across the room, is the sheriff. He is a seemingly middle-aged man, maybe mid-40s, bald. He has some mutton chops that come down most of the way down to his chin. He has what would be called a dad bod. His arms look strong, but they are thick. They are not cut or overly muscled like bodybuilders or professional athletes. This looks like the kind of person who has worked manual labor for most of his life. He is wearing a nice button-up shirt with a vest and some dress pants and nice shoes. He is standing there with his arms crossed over the little bit of his beer belly. There's another man who is similarly late 30s, early 40s. He is pale, tall, and slender with black hair and gray eyes. He is wearing a suit, and you can feel that feeling that you have about a lot of these people that you've been meeting tonight, more or less radiating off of him. In the center, sitting at a very nice wooden desk with... There is a kinetic sculpture that is spinning silently on one corner of the desk. Off to her right is a small stack of ledgers, three or four of them. She has another ledger sitting in front of her that is open that she is writing in. She's similarly, in looking about her 40s, she has short brown hair and a bun. She is wearing glasses. She looks like a librarian. None of them say anything to you as the door is closed behind you, and the only sounds in the room are the scratching of her pen across the ledger and the ticking of a clock that is in the back, an old-looking grandfather clock. I continue walking into the room. Once I get about halfway between the door and her desk, I will curtsy all the way to the floor. As the clock begins to chime the hour, she puts her pen down, closes the ledger, and slides it off to the side. Steepling her finger, she says, 
I am Prince Catherine Phillips, child of Prince Samuel Abel Cartwright, child of Prince Victoria Brown, child of Archon Ricardo Papalardo, child of Justicar Adian Fleming, child of Tiberius Carnifex, child of Pontifex Maximus of the Damned, Prince Titus Ventris Camillus, child of the founder of the Eternal Senate of Rome, Colat, child of the Methuselah, Tiana, who is child of Ventru. As the clock finishes chiming, she looks at you. Still, all the way down, I don't even raise my eyes, just nod my head. Milady. She doesn't move. She takes you in for a moment and then speaks and says, My time is very precious and expensive. You have five minutes with which to tell me why I should not have you destroyed. I rise up. Still do not make eye contact. My liege, I did not ask for this great burden, but it was given to me. I I don't know why. Please just take pity on me. I promise I will be strong. She sits there in silence to see if there is anything else to give to her in five minutes that you've been given. Well, I stay quiet for a few seconds, and when she still doesn't say anything, I start to get more nervous. I don't want to just ramble like I tend to, so I, I've been learning much with my new housemates. I believe it's called a coterie. They've been teaching me much in the ways of the kindred, and I believe that I can be a valuable asset to your organization, your highness. I am well versed in the ways of politics, and I think that given some time, I could definitely be an asset to you. Uh, If there's anything that you would like me to expand on, I would love to do that. I am a very discreet individual, however, so I don't often just blab like I'm doing now. It's just because I'm nervous. I'm, I apologize. Um, your grace. Uh, thank you. And I just curtsy awkwardly again and stand up. Well, I'm trying to stay composed because she's really making me very nervous. You stand there for a moment, and she says, You say that you have received some education. Tell me then, what is our most important law? To protect the masquerade. That's the most important. And how does one go about protecting the masquerade? As far as my limited knowledge, is taking me at this point. I, I believe it's you, you just can't tell anyone. No one can know about the kindred and your ways, your grace. So killing people and leaving bodies is frowned upon, you would say. As far as I'm aware, it is um, for 
forbidden in your territory. Uh, we are supposed to clean up after ourselves. The sheriff reaches behind him and pulls out a folder, opens it up, and throws it down on the table. And out will come some pictures that have been printed out of the people that you met at the karaoke bar. Their throats have holes in them. Their bodies are covered in blood and limbs twisted in ways that they are not supposed to be. She motions with one of her hands. Then how do you explain this? And we'll take a break. And we'll take a break. <laughs> what karaoke bar? What happened? Oh my god! <laughs> what did you do? We're all gonna die. What? Uh huh. This Vampire of the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards, or maybe upcoming releases, eh? You can find them at worldofdarkness.com.